listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. We're talking about today um, how to create a reaping season that's constant, just consistently reaping, reaping, reaping. How do you get there? How do you get to a place of constant reaping? Um, I want to go to Galatians chapter six today. And I wanted to, I'm going to, if you're just logging on, I wanted to say, we're going to go between um, kind of looking at this passage, but I also want to teach you a couple things about uh, Bible study and context in Bible study so that you can uh, study your Bible uh, even better than you are now. And obviously that's the point. We want you to not only be hungry for the word, but we want you to go and dive deep and uh, do your own study of the word, but the right way. And we're always trying to help you do that. And uh, I'm in Galatians chapter six uh, to start this. And I'm going to go through about uh, six verses or so, five, six verses and show you something from the word of God. Now, the apostle Paul is writing this letter uh, to the church at Galatia. And he's instructing them here towards the end of the letter. Obviously, as you know, when these letters were written, there were no chapters or verses. Um, I believe chapters showed up somewhere in the 1200s and verses showed up somewhere in the 1500s, um, just to help us better reference what we were talking about in scripture. But here it's just one letter. And towards the end of the letter, Paul starts to exhort them about their giving and their reaping. And so, um, I want to show you something cool. Now there's different types of Bibles different types of Bibles. Um, one of the things I I know is that they have Bibles that are specifically made, uh, for preachers. They're like, they're literally like preaching Bibles. And one of the things that's helpful, for example, if I was walking around and preaching or at a pulpit and I keep looking up to speak to the audience or those that are in the church and then back down to the Bible again, um, it can be easy to lose your place if you are, you know, looking back up and looking back down and, you know, trying to find out what verse you just read and the one you're going to read next. So they come up with these preaching Bibles. And one of the things that you can have with a preaching Bible is that every verse starts on a new line. So if you're looking down your Bible, um, you would see, uh, just the verse numbers were going right down the left. So it makes it really easy to look down the page and say, all right, I just finished talking about verse 24. Now I'm, I'm talking to you, teaching you, exhorting you. I look back down and my eyes can go to the left and I can see verse 25 and instantly start reading verse 25 right where I left off. And those, those are, um, those are listed right down the left hand side of the page. The problem with that, um, and Bibles that don't do something like that, uh, but similar is that you miss, uh, Bibles that are written in paragraph format. Now I want to explain to you real quickly, um, why that's important when you're doing Bible study. One of the things I like about the ESV and and this one has it, let me check how it looks in the, uh, life application. Yeah. So they, they do the same thing in this life application study Bible. Um, and let me go specifically to the, um, epistles. Yeah. So they do the same thing in here. It's paragraph style. And, and so you say, what's the, what's the point of that? What's the point of paragraph style? Well, the, um, the, the, yes, Deb, this is live now. The, the power of paragraph style when you're doing Bible study, when you're, when you're reading and studying the Bible is that the author obviously changes his thoughts just like you would, if you wrote a letter, you know, you're not, it might be that the whole letter is not about the same thing, right? You might, you might start out greeting whoever you're talking to, just like they do in the Bible. Then you might, uh, go on to start talking about how your life has been and what you've been doing. That's one thought, but then you might 
then skip over to asking them you know, how their kids are doing, how their, how their life, whatever it might be, if it's an email. And so what do you do? You start a new paragraph. Why? Because it's a different thought, right? Because the, the thoughts about how are you doing? How's your kids? How's your job? And all that. It's not the same thought as here's how I'm doing. I just got back from a trip to wherever. This is what we did, whatever. So that's one thought you break and then you start asking them about their life or whatever. And so you would use a separate, hopefully, if you're, if you do any kind of, uh, uh, organization to your writing, you would use a separate paragraph. That's what it's for breaks the thought. And so one of the powerful things here that I like to look at when you're reading a Bible that does break, uh, especially things like the epistles and stuff down into paragraphs is that they're helping you. The, the translators are helping you by showing you where the author changes his train of thought, changes the subject, whatever. And it's, it is extremely helpful. And I'll tell you why, like what we're going to look at today, it's, it's helpful because it shows you when that new thought begins and it shows you how his train of thought is continuing so that, you know, these two uh, paragraphs don't necessarily have anything to do with each other. That that's important to know so that you're not trying to find a way to apply the second paragraph to the first paragraph. You know, I say, well, how does that tie into what he just finished saying? It doesn't. He changed the subject. He's talking about something different now. And that is an important thing to know helps you in context when you're studying what the apostles teaching the church. And so I'm going to show you that, uh, in the sixth chapter of Galatians. And so, um, we're reading here. I'll start with verse one. So you can see what I'm talking about. And if you have a paragraph break in your Bible or in your Bible app, you'll see what I'm seeing. Uh, I'm in the ESV. In fact, though I'm in the ESV, let me open up the, uh, the new living translation as well. And I want to see if it breaks in the same exact spot or if it breaks, yeah, breaks the paragraph in the same exact spot. So in mine, it breaks after verse five and, um, yeah, so it does break again after verse five in the new living translation on that, uh, life application study. So, all right, so check this out. Then we are in Galatians chapter six. And we're talking about how to create a constant or never ending reaping season. So let's start with um, the sixth chapter and uh, the first verse. And let's look at what Paul's teaching the church. Look at this brothers. If anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he's nothing, he deceives himself, but let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor for each will have to bear his own load paragraph break. So Paul's done talking about that. He's taught, he's done talking about bearing one another's burdens. He's done talking about, uh, uh, helping somebody if they fall into a transgression aggression. So now what is he doing? He switches his thought up and verse six is a new paragraph and starts a new thought. So now what is Paul talking about? Well, let's look, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches verse seven, same paragraph. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Verse eight, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Verse nine, and let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are in the household of faith, paragraph break. And then he goes on to his 
final warnings and his close, his benediction of the letter. So I want you to see this now in these six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and uh, yeah, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten, five verses. We've got instruction from the apostle about uh, a very specific subject, sowing, due season, and reaping, and how to do good. And so I want I want to break these down with you because uh, one of the things we're we're really looking at today: how do you stay in your due season? It's a great thought. How do you stay in your due season? And by the way, for those of you that are watching, I want you to put it in the comments. It's reaping season. It's reaping season. Welcome to a new season. Welcome to a, a new month. I'm believing that this final portion of our year, we will run more than we ever have through the rest of this year. And we will see explosive growth, explosive benefits and, and, and favor from God in our lives. It's reaping season. It's time to reap. It's time to be blessed. It's harvest season. And so what do we see? How do you create that constant reaping season? Well, uh, let's look at what Paul's saying here, what he's teaching. Number one, uh, the first command he gives the church is, let the one who is being taught share all good things with the one who teaches. Uh, This is a command to the church to financially so into their teachers, whether that be the pastor of the church or as, as uh, John dealt with later traveling ministers. In fact, if you read the book of, or the letter of third John, that's what he's dealing with traveling ministers. And he actually rebukes uh, a man in the church who's trying to keep back uh, the blessing or, or even offerings from traveling ministers. And John rebukes him by name. But here you see what he's saying. If, the, if you're receiving spiritual teaching, if you're receiving spiritual, um, you know, not, not just teaching, but training in this passage, share all good things with the one who teaches. Now, remember, this is now the context we're in. We're in the context of financial sowing. So go on to verse seven. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Now, that opens it up, okay? So I want you to see this if we're doing a Bible study here. Though this passage is in the context of sowing financial seeds, because that is what Paul's talking about, sowing financial seeds, he then, by the Holy Spirit, opens it up and says, listen, God's not mocked. Whatever a person sows, doesn't matter if it's financial or otherwise. Whatever a person sows, that will he also reap. So because he opens it up, the application can become wider now than just sowing financial seeds. The application uh, from this statement can be, hey, like they told us when we were kids, if you want to have friends, be friendly. What does that mean? I'm sowing friendship and I'm reaping friendship. Because whatever somebody sows, that will he also reap. If you walk in love towards other people, that's going to be the harvest that comes back to you. If you maintain peace in relationships, that's going to be the harvest that comes back to you. If you are always helping others, that's what's going to come back to you. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. However, we're snapping back, Paul's snapping back to the context of sowing to bless uh, those that are teaching, sowing into the kingdom of God. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. So if you sow fleshly things, Paul's saying, it's going to reap corruption. Because remember this, and I want you to put it in the comments section. Everything I release from my life is a seed. Put that in the comments. Everything I release from my life is a seed. doesn't matter what it is, how I speak to people, what actions I take, how I walk, how I talk, what I do. Everything I release from my life is a seed. No question about it. People, sometimes we hear about sowing seeds and everybody, their mind already always jumps to finances. That's one type of seed, but it's not the only type of seed. And remember this, 
that whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So seeds, now here's a very important lesson. Seeds reproduce what they are. That's big. Seeds reproduce what they are, which means you never would sow a financial seed to get a physical healing. It's not the harvest that comes back from a financial seed. If you sow a financial seed, the harvest that you should expect is a financial harvest because seeds produce what they are. Nobody would go and, and, you know, plant apple seeds and hope to get pumpkins. It doesn't work like that. Seeds reproduce what they are. So, you know, there's been some manipulation on these things, you know, sow this seed and you'll reap a, a, a six month anointing of healing upon your life. That's not how that works. That's just manipulation. All that is, is some pimp in the pulpit that's, you know, trying to manipulate God's people into giving money because financial healings don't come by sowing seeds. And there's no, uh, there is no instruction in scripture, nor is there any narrative in scripture that shows this happening. Now, God will honor you for being somebody that honors his house and honors his cause. Of course he will. But if you're a Christian, Jesus paid for your healing with his own precious blood. You can't, you don't have to sow seeds to have your sins forgiven. doesn't work like that. Jesus shed his own precious blood for your forgiveness. But financial seeds will bring back financial harvest. But so will walking in love bring back love. So will being peace, be, walking in peace and being peaceful bring back peace into your life. Expel drama, bring back peace. See what I mean? So the one who sows in the flesh will reap corruption. So if the actions leaving your life are fleshly actions that he outlines in the chapter before this, he says, walk by the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh or gratify the desires of the flesh. So in just one chapter before this, he explains what sowing into the flesh means. It means taking fleshly actions and he, and he actually lists them one by one. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit and they're opposed to the spirit and to keep you from doing what you want to do. And then he lists acts of the flesh, goes down right through them. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envies, drunkenness, orgies. He goes through all these things, sowing into the flesh, reaps corruption. But then he says, but if you sow to the spirit, you'll reap from the spirit eternal life. So if the things that you're doing and releasing from your life are spiritual seeds, guess what's going to happen? You're going to reap, according to scripture, eternal life. You're going to reap eternal life. So when you release the things from your life that God wants, things he's looking for, it brings back supernatural harvests. Okay, keep on going. Verse nine. Now, remember now, this is in the context of sowing financially and let us not grow weary of doing good. Well, what, what good is he referencing? We'll look at the context. The good he's referencing is sowing. The good he's referencing is sowing. You see that? Let us not grow weary of doing good. And in context, that means sowing. For in due season, we will reap. Well, that brings it back. That brings it back to show you that's what he's talking about. If you keep on sowing, you'll reap. If we do not give up. Now, here's something the enemy would love for you to do. Give up. So, notice this. Man doesn't determine due season. God does. Man does not determine due season. So I don't go around, uh, uh, you know, making up when my seasons of harvest are. All I do is continue in my sowing season because God's the one who brings increase. God's the one that brings promotion. God's the one that shows favor. So all I do is continue to operate in his system without getting weary of doing it. 
I'm not going to be weary. In fact, I want you to say that by faith in the comment section. I want you to put it up and say, I will not grow weary in God's system. I will not grow weary in God's system. Hmm. Powerful. I'll not grow weary in God's system. For in due season we'll reap if we don't give up. So what's what's happening here is that the enemy will do, and by the way, I could I bet I could ask you in the comments section, I bet I could ask you to raise a hand if that's you, that the enemy has tried in the past to discourage you from accessing or staying in God's system. I'm sure there were times in your life where you you had been sowing and tithing. And the enemy came and said, you know, you need, you don't need to keep on doing that. Nothing's changing. Nothing's happening. You know, you're just throwing your money away. You know, just do the minimum, just do a little bit. You, it's not helping you. You know, you're, you're just missing out on what you could truly have. You, I'm sure. And look at the hands going up. Lots of people because the devil doesn't want you to stay in God's system. He wants you to jump out of it and miss your due season. That's exactly what he wants. Wants you to jump out of it and miss your due season. Notice Paul's encouragement to the church. He says this, in due season, we will reap if we do not give up, right? If we do not give up. So there is an element, not only to the flesh, but that the enemy will press on you. Give up, give up give up. You don't need to keep tithing. You don't need to keep giving. You don't need to keep blessing the poor. You don't need to keep blessing your pastor. Give up, give up. See, that's the exact opposite of what the Holy Spirit is encouraging the church to do. You will reap if you do not give up. Don't get weary while doing good. And the good obviously is talking about your sowing seasons, sowing seasons. Don't give up. Deb Stokes said today, I was hearing that today. See, the enemy's working on people all the time to try to discourage you from what you've been called to do. And here's the, here's the um, mindset we're developing. I don't care. I, it wouldn't matter to me if everybody in my life told me to stop tithing and giving and blessing the poor. It wouldn't matter to me. Let, let me just say this. Now, I know this will never be the case because I know God's system always works. But can I tell you something? If I never saw if I never saw one harvest, one on my seed sowing, I'd still, I'd still keep sowing. You know why? Because the Bible tells me to do it. I don't care. You've heard me say this on the broadcast before. You've heard me say, if uh, it came down to this week, either my kids and my family would eat or we would pay our tithes, we'd be fasting and God would get his tithes. That's how we live. I'm just letting you know that. That's how Carolyn and I live. If it came down to whether my family would eat this week or we would pay our tithes, we would pay our tithes. But because we live like that and God knows the heart and God sees our actions, we will never ever be in a place where we're without. Never, never. It'll never happen. We'll never go without because God knows our heart. God knows our heart, which means that I'll never be put in a position where I have to make that choice because God knows, you know, did you ever think about this? The Bible says he gives seed to the sower. That's second Corinthians nine. God gives seed to the sower. Well, if that's the case, you know what that means? He knows who the sowers are. (laughs) Think about it. He gives seed to the sower. That means if you're not a sower, he doesn't give you seed because he knows you just consume it upon your own lusts, upon your own desires. So he gives seed to the sowers. That means if you've made up in your heart and in your mind, I am a sower, then guess what? Seeds coming to you and you have to follow it up by the action, obviously, but I want you to declare it. I know all of you are, but I want you to declare it in the comments. I am a sower. 
and he gives seed to the sower, which means seed is coming into your hand. Now, let me, let me teach you something that I've learned that you have to, uh, you have to learn it and you have to keep it as a part of your constant discernment as you're looking at your life. Not everything that comes into your hand is for you. Keep that in mind. Not everything that comes into your hand is for you. Think about that. Huh. I remember I was, um, I was at a camp meeting one time and you guys know this. If you know me, I've always liked watches. I enjoy watches. And, um, I'd been sewing and continuing to sew and I'd, I'd given so many watches away. You know, I started out early on in my life. I didn't have nice watches, you know, I had like, I'd give away fossil watches and I'd give away, you know, Kenneth Cole reaction and, you know, different watches like that, Invictas. And then I started getting a little bit, a little bit of nicer watches and I'd, I'd start, uh, I'd have things like citizen watches, which aren't, they're not cheap watches. I'd give away citizen watches or other kinds or whatever. And it would just keep, I'd keep getting blessed because the harvest always comes. Uh, and then I was given a Rolex. And I had that Rolex and I was at the altar of a, of a service one time and a, a, a pastor came up and he said, man, brother Ted, that's a really nice watch. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, take that watch off and give it to that pastor. So as soon as he said, man, that's a nice watch, brother Ted, I took it off and I handed it to him and I said, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to bless you with it. And he was like, seriously? I was like, yeah, absolutely. I want to give it to you. I want to sew it into your life. So he takes the Rolex. Uh, and then this is the story that he, that he told me later, which I thought was awesome. Makes the point here that we're talking about. Uh, I, I saw him again later on, maybe a year later, maybe a little bit more. And uh, he didn't have that Rolex on. And I said, hey, whatever, whatever happened to that Rolex? He said, you know, I went overseas and he said, uh, I knew I was supposed to sew that Rolex into a pastor. He said, in fact, at the altar that night, when you handed me that watch and said, be blessed with this, he said, I knew immediately it was for me to give to this pastor overseas. And so I want you to catch this. The Holy Spirit already had put on his heart what he was to do with that watch. Now, you know what that shows you? Everything that comes into your hand is not for you. Everything that comes into your hand is not for you. This pastor was learning uh, that in that moment, that was not God giving him a harvest. That was God giving seed to the sower. Think about that for a minute. Think about the power of that. Think about the power of that. God was giving seed to the sower, which means he had to know and discern the fact, this is not for me to keep. This is for me to give away. And see God, now, now here's what's crazy. Think about the kind of person you have to be for God in order for this to work this way. Because how many people do you think in the body of Christ, if somebody handed them a Rolex, like, thank you, Jesus, that's my harvest. I got a Rolex now. Think about how many people would be like that. And the Holy Spirit's trying to say, no, no, it's not for you. That's a seed. And they say, oh, and they drown it out. I rebuke you, devil. That's my seed. That's my harvest. No, you got to be discerning and recognize that this is a seed that's going to go out again. Many times God is setting you up for next level blessings. He's setting you up for next level blessings. Uh, I'll give you another story. Just uh, recently, my wife and I had a large check come unexpectedly in the mail, totally unexpected and very large, a very large check. Well, we could have lifted our hands like, my God, we got a harvest in the mail. But you know, what? we both understood and said to each other, we said, this is not a harvest. This is a seed. And so immediately 
what we did with that, took that large check that came in the mail and we put it into a side account and that's being set there for a large offering that we're getting ready to sow before the year comes to an end. And so it's a discern, you know, when I say a large check, I mean a large check, the size of a check that you could buy a car with, but it's not for us. And we knew it's not for us. And so what do we do? We took that money, put it into a set. Cause what are we planning? We're planning. Remember what I've been teaching you kingdom slice. If you're just, if you're just on right now and you're just listening to the podcast or you're just watching, you didn't hear me reference that before. You're like, what's hashtag kingdom slice. And by the way, put it in the comments, hashtag kingdom slice. What does that mean? What in the world does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. We were talking about what if you looked at your life as a pie chart and everything that left your hand throughout a year was broken down into that pie chart. And you say, well, here's the pie chart represents 100% of your income. And you say, well, this much of it goes out to mortgage payments or rent. What if this much goes out towards insurances? This much goes out to car payments. This much goes out to entertainment. This much goes out to uh, food, grocery, and eating out, whatever. But we made up our mind, we want the biggest slice to go out to the kingdom, to go out in tithes and offerings and blessing others. We're calling that the kingdom slice, the biggest slice of the pie. We want it to be the kingdom slice. Now, I understand that maybe you're not there yet. I get that, but it's something to shoot for. Say, God bless me. See, as I said, he gives seed to the sower. He'll, if he knows that's your heart, he'll elevate you as you're faithful and obedient. Now, here's the deal. You can't wait until you get to that point in order to do it because you'll never do it. You've got to do it as much as you can now while you're working to that point. So what what do I mean by that? Well, you might be at the place right now where you can tithe but your seeds above and beyond your tithe are not yet fully um, what you want them to be. You know, maybe you're at a place where you've never had the opportunity or the extra yet to sow a thousand dollar seed. Yeah, but here's the deal. Don't wait until, don't wait to sow until you can sow a thousand dollar seed. Maybe you're at a place where you can only faithfully sow $100 seeds pretty regularly. Well, you can't wait and say, well, when I'll start sowing when I can sow thousand dollar seeds, you'll never get there. You got to stay, you know what? I'm going to sow these $100 seeds consistently until I can start sowing $250 seeds till I can start sowing $500 seeds or whatever, as you level up, but you don't wait till you get to the place. Like, you know, I've declared as a, as a confession of faith in my life, I'm going to sow a $1 million offering into the kingdom of God before it's all over. Well, I can't wait until I get there where I'm like, I'm going to sow a million dollars, but I'm not sowing anything until I get to that million. No, I'm going to keep on sowing and sowing and sowing, but God's going to level me up and level me up and level me up. I think about how God's leveled us up. I remember, um, you know, one of the things that really struck me later, not while it was happening, but later it struck me is, um, it, it brought my mind back to when Carolyn and I really first had to like stretch our faith to believe God to sow a thousand dollar seed. And we were like stretching our faith. And it was like, man, we want to sow that kind of seed. We want to release that kind of seed into the kingdom. And then, you know, maybe now five years ago or something, we were at a meeting where I was the evangelist. I was the preacher of the revival and another preacher was there and he showed up Uh, and he was, he was just supporting and, uh, the church had just had him speak and he was still there and and he decided to stay for some of the revival. And the Lord spoke to me as we're just standing there worshiping on the front row of a Sunday night service. And the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, or excuse me, Sunday morning service. He said, sit down on the front row and write that preacher a check for $2,500. And so I just got the, uh, I can't remember if Carolyn wrote it or if I just got it and wrote it myself, checkbook out, wrote the check, $2,500, folded it up, not to his ministry, to him personally, 
going back here to this um, principle from Galatians 6. This was a teacher uh, that I've received a lot in my spirit from. And so I'm going back to this principle that we're talking about in Galatians 6, where the Bible says that if the one who is teaching is there, he's been teaching you, training you, share all good things and bless them financially. I was obeying that word. I wrote and the Holy Spirit as well. He said, write that preacher a check for 2,500. I wrote it, folded it up and just handed it to that preacher and said, God bless you. I love you. And he, he said, thank you. And I thought to myself, man, what a difference. What a difference in just a number of years since Carol and I've been married, where we used to have to strain, where it was like, man, we're putting all of our faith into this to, re- to release a $1,000 seed into the kingdom of God. We're like, we're putting all of our faith together for that. To now, where I'm getting ready to preach, and the Lord just tells me in passing, just sit down and write that preacher a $2,500 check. And without sweat, sit down and just boom, 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 done. You know, and it was like, what a change. What a change in just that number of years where it used to take all my faith to do a thousand. And now in passing the Holy Ghost, you know, this was like five years ago or more. Give me a word, boom, sow that seed. And it's like, those are the moments when you recognize God has leveled me up. God has leveled me up. But then I started thinking to myself, what would have ever happened if I knew in my spirit that Carol and I were supposed to step out and start sowing those thousand dollar seeds like that. And then I was like, no, I'm not at the place. It's too, it's just, it's too much for us. What if I'd never stepped out to do the obedient thing? I said, you know, a hundred's enough, a hundred's. And I would have just sowed a hundred dollars multiple times instead of doing what God said and put my faith on a thousand and do it. Would I have leveled up to that place? No, no. As AJ is saying, it's the law of progression. The more you do, the more comes back. The more you obey the Lord, here's the principle. Are you ready for this? If you're faithful over a little, then God will make you ruler over much. If you're faithful over a little, God will make you ruler over much. Get this into your spirit today. Faithful over a little, he makes you ruler over much. And so that's why I said, if you're starting at that level of $50 seeds or $100 seeds or whatever it is, be faithful over the little, he'll make you ruler over much. And you see, I mean, like to see the things, even in 2021, the things that God has put in our hand as seeds to sow, it's been mind blowing. It's mind blowing as you see that law of progression happen. Don't grow weary in doing good in due season will reap if we do not give up. And so the key is this, my giving is not based on whether or not I receive a harvest. I do it out of obedience to the Lord. Now I always will reap a harvest because that's the way his system works always. And so will you, but it's not based on that. Do I give to get? Absolutely. With unequivocally, I give to get, you know why? Because to not do that would be a slap in the face of God's system. If he's the one who said, whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. If he's the one that said, give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall he cause men to give into your bosom. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. God's the one that set the system up. What are we gonna do? Slap him in the face and say, we only want the first half, the sowing half. No. We want the whole system and he's the one who created it. So you know what? If he's the one that said, when you sow, you reap, I'm going to sow expecting to reap. I'm going to sow to get a harvest. Of course I am. And people act like if you do that, you're somehow greedy or you're somehow self-serving. Absolutely not. I didn't create the system. God did. And if he created the system, it's what he expects for your life. It's what he expects. Oh man, put this in the comments. Harvests are what God expects for my life. Harvests are what God expects for my life. I'm going to say that again and get it in your heart. Harvests are what God expects for my life. 
He's the one that expects you to have a harvest. He wants to bless you with a harvest. He wants you to overflow with a harvest. (laughs) Next level. Next level. So here we see it. Paul's teaching it. We will reap if we do not give up. Huh? So then verse 10, watch this now. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are in the household of faith. Let me just do a side note here. Bishop Oyedepo um, just taught, oh, what was this? Maybe last week, I think, maybe last week, Bishop Oyedepo taught that if you're blessing the needy, if you're blessing the poor, and he based it on this scripture, he said, it should always start with those who are in need in the household of faith. That means they're Christians. There are Christians that are in need. In fact, if you go back to second Corinthians nine, that is who Paul was taking an offering for Christians who were in need. He knew that the Christians he was receiving an offering from were blessed to abundance. But he said, there's, there's other Christians here that need, they're in need. We're going to take an offering. We're going to bless them. The first people they were blessing were those in the household of faith. Did you notice that in the early church book of Acts, guess who the first people in need that got blessed were? It was the widows and the orphans in the household of faith. Those that were part of the church, those who were Christians, there was actually a distribution program in the early church for widows and orphans, those that were in need and there were qualifications. And those were the first needy people to be taken care of, God's people. Now, it doesn't mean we shouldn't bless everybody. Notice this. It says in verse 10, and let us do good to everyone. So it doesn't mean you don't bless those who aren't saved, but the first people you should bless are those in the household of faith. But look at what we do through our ministry. Even with Feed the Hungry, as we partner with them, they are using the blessing as a means to show the love of God to people who may not yet be saved and then preaching the gospel to them, giving them Bibles and then discipling them. So notice we're doing both, but here's the key. We have to have the ability to sow if we're going to reap. So here's the question that we're answering today. How do you set up a consistent nonstop reaping season, a nonstop harvest? If you know how God's system works, then the way you do it is you constantly access and activate God's system. Always. What am I, what do I mean by that? Don't just sow seeds once a month. Here's a, here's a, a novel idea. Don't just sow seeds once a week, right? So, well, I wait till church on Sunday. What if you didn't? I sowed a seed already, uh, to a minister, my wife and I did before I left the house this morning through cash app to be a blessing to them. So to seed for, I got out the door to come to the broadcast. So I've already got seed in the ground today and it's Wednesday. I've already got seed in the ground today and it's Wednesday and you keep on. So what are we doing? The more you sow, the more you'll reap. Now watch if I never want to see a break in my reaping seasons, there should never be a break in my sowing seasons. Let me say that again. If I never want to see a break in my reaping seasons, there should never be a break in my sowing seasons. Put that in the comments. If I never want to see a break in my reaping seasons, there should never be a break in my sowing seasons. That's massive. People say, what? You really do that? You sow as often as possible? As often as possible. Why wait? Why wait? Why wait for Sunday? Why why wait for a Wednesday night? Why wait for a special service like an Easter, a Christmas, a New Year's? Why wait for a revival to hit? Consistent sowing equals, thank you, AJ, consistent reaping. That's exactly right. And so if I don't ever want to jump out of my reaping season, and by the way, I'm never going to. 
I'm never going to. I'm going to keep sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing. There's people that come over to my house. I'll bless them before they ever leave the house. I had a friend of mine come over. I had a ton of stuff that there was, I, I was going to just set aside for him. Just, ton, just piles of stuff. I said, let me help you load this into your car. Is he you giving me all this? Yes. I'm giving it all to you. <laughs> That's it. Because I'm, I'm just finding a way. I want to find a way. I'm going to find a way to bless people. I've got plans to bless more people today. We've got more blessings coming today. Why? Because I want seeds to go out. I want blessing to go out because blessing is going to come back. Blessing is going to come back. No question about that. And so as we're coming into the final uh, portion of 2021, one of the things that I'm going to make up in my mind is that I'm going into overdrive in my sowing seasons. I'm going into overdrive. I want to start getting more generous than I've ever been. More generous than I've ever been. It's no accident that I'm, I'm watching how God works as I explained to you. I can only use my own life with the word of God and obedience to the word of God as the example, um, it's no, it's no question. I mean, there was a time, let me give you a, pr- a practical thing. There was a time early in our marriage where, uh, Carolyn and I were under a, a mound of credit card debt and we wanted, we needed to get out. We needed to get out of that debt. But can I tell you something? We made up our minds. We said, you know what? As we are coming out of debt, we will never once pause our tithing, which would be foolish, absolutely foolish. We would never pause our tithing and we will never pause our giving. Now I want to show you something. If I'm making, okay, let's say I got paper here and I'm looking at the pie chart that we talked about. If I'm looking at that and said to myself, all right, I got this debt that I'm going to get out of and be responsible, get out of debt. There are other places in life where things can go missing in a way, but it's never going to be my tithing and it's never going to be my giving. That's the, that's what we made up. So like, all right, well, what is, so any other thing can go except tithing and giving going out to eat disappears, you know, going to the mall and getting stuff disappears. All these other things disappear. I don't care if Netflix disappears. I don't care if Hulu and Amazon Prime disappear. And I don't care if Disney Plus disappears. It all disappears. But tithing doesn't disappear. And sowing seed doesn't disappear. You know, it blows my mind. People say, uh, well, I can't afford to sow. Have you ever, and and I'm, you know, I can tell you this because I'm guilty of it. Could you even, if we sat down together for coffee right now, could you, could you even tell me all of, off the top of your head, all the things you have to set up to auto deduct from your account? Could you even tell me, are there subscription based things that you don't even know are still running that you don't even know are there? Could you even tell me? Because if you can't, then don't say I can't afford to sow seed because you don't even know you've got 21 things set to auto deduct on subscription that you've forgotten that you even signed up for guilty. I'm also guilty, but I'm also sewing. <laughs> but you know what I mean? There's people that say they can't afford to sew, but really their priorities are in the wrong place is, is what the deal is. <laughs> ben said the gym. <laughs> I got rid of that one. I got rid of that one, Ben. Um, but you see what I mean? Making God and his kingdom a priority changes everything. Makes making him a priority changes everything. And Paul's teaching here. He said, what whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. And let us not grow weary of doing good. Have you set goals yet for this final quarter of the year? Think about it. Have I set goals for the final, let's just say final third of the year, because we've got four months left. Have you set goals for the final third of the year yet? What it is that you want to give? what it is that you want to sow. If your church has a special service for Christmas or uh, Thanksgiving, you know, harvest seed or a new year's seed or whatever it might be. Have you set goals yet with your 
uh, spouse or if you're signal, single by yourself to say, you know what, when this comes or before, even if your church doesn't have those things, why don't you make it your own and say, though my church doesn't do a harvest offering or a, a Christmas offering or a New Year's offering, I'm going to make it something in my own spirit and say, before the new year hits, I'm going to release a massive seed of faith and sow it. And I'm telling you, it's amazing what you do when you say, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm setting this in my heart. Cause remember, what did I teach earlier? He gives seed to the sower. He give, do you know, my daughters did that. And the, you know, Maddie's not even 12 and Brooklyn's not even eight. And a couple of years ago, they said, you know what? We want to sow a certain amount of money in the offering. And so they had put in their spirit a goal. And um, Maddie had a goal of how much she wanted to sow. Brooklyn had a goal of how much she wanted to sow. And showing them that it's the Lord that does that. We're like, okay, parents aren't giving you any towards it. It's going to come by your own faith. And do you know people begin to give them money supernaturally? People begin to just give them money. It was not known to anyone. But before it was over, Maddie had far more than her goal to sow, and so did Brooklyn. And dad and mom didn't help a bit. It was others who didn't even know that they'd set goals, but the Holy Spirit just told them, give them money, give them money, give them money. And they sat there and watched as they saw that principle operate in their own life that God gives seed to the sower. What if you set a goal that you felt like, man, that's, that's big. I, I just, what if you did that and then watched God give seed to the sower. You watch and do it. What if you said to yourself, maybe you've never gotten, like I said earlier, maybe you've never hit that thousand dollar mark. You say, you know what? Before this year comes to an end, I want to be a thousand dollar giver. I want to sow a thousand into the kingdom of God. What if you told the Lord that and said, Lord, this is my desire for your house and for your kingdom, for your plan. Would you give me this seed so that I can be faithful to sow it and watch what God will do. Maybe you say, you know, I've, I've done a thousand before. I've never really gone above that. What if you said, God, I'll give you $5,000 if you would give seed to the sower and watch what God will do. Maybe this year will be your first year as an individual or a couple ever sowing $10,000 into the kingdom of God. God will do it. He'll put seed into your hand because he gives seed to the sower. It's a supernatural thing. It's a supernatural thing. I want to pray for you at the end of this broadcast because I believe more than ever before, I really do, that God's going to begin to raise up uh, kingdom financiers. I call them pillars of generosity in the kingdom of God. Why do I say that? Well, everything we do in the kingdom, it costs money. And God has an agenda. God has a plan. And he wants to raise his children up to facilitate his plans in the earth. We know that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. We know that harvests come to sowers, but I'm believing that God's going to raise up some people in such massive blessing that, you know what, if we needed to do something, build an orphanage, build a church, whatever it might be, somebody could sit down and say, you know what, don't even bother raising money for it. Let me write one check. Boom. And the church is built. The orphanage is built. Whatever needs to be done is done and we won't ever have to struggle or wait or, or, or look for, we won't have to do any of that. Believing God. How many believe God could make you that person? Pillar of generosity. It's about the heart. Say, Lord, I'm a sower and I'll always, I'll always be a sower. If you'll put seed in my hand, you watch it happen. You watch it happen. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray as we st- start this final third of the year that you would give us the faith to ask you for seeds to sow. Lord, as you changed my prayer life to stop praying for harvest and start praying for seeds, do the same for them. Put the largest seeds in our hands at the end of this year that we've ever sown in Jesus name. And as we sow these into the kingdom of God, we ask you, Lord, that quick harvest would come back. Put us in position to be pillars of generosity in the kingdom. We thank you for that. We expect big things, big things in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you, Lord, that as we sow, we will be a, a, an example, a picture of the goodness of God in Jesus' mighty name. I ask you to bless their families. 
bless their children, bless the works of their hands in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord, that no matter what's going on in the world, it will not affect the people of God. We're not waiting on a stimulus check, nor is our faith in the government. Our faith is in the word of God and the spirit of God. We thank you, Lord, that you are our provider in Jesus' mighty name. We give you honor, glory, and praise. And if you believe it, throw some hands up, throw some fire up in the comment section, and let me know that you're believing with me for next level harvest. In fact, I'm going to challenge you to sow a seed today. I'm going to challenge you to sow a seed. We're believing God as we expand. In fact, uh, I don't often share this with you, but I will share it with you because it's where we're headed. As we um, are expanding, we just had a whole different group of stations call us about going on in Africa, India, and Pakistan again. Uh, And then as you know, we're expanding to the Caribbean. Uh, there's a few more pieces of gear that we're going to buy before we expand. And, uh, I want you to sow towards that. Uh, we need a couple more cameras to be honest with you that we're getting ready to buy. And we're going to step up and do what the Lord's opened the doors to do. And, uh, I'm excited because souls are being saved all the time and you're a part of it. So I want to encourage you, those of you who are standing with us, let's knock it out today. And uh, those that are watching or listening on the podcast, you can always go to miracleword.com. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you to partner with this ministry. I want to encourage you to stand with us in partnership. Click the partner tab, and then you can fill out the form and stand with us monthly. If you're listening on the podcast, you can swipe up, and there's a link to click on the podcast to do that. If you'd like to just sow a one-time offering, a one-time seed, you can do that with a debit or credit card through the website, or you can... Use PayPal, Cash App, Venmo. You can use Zelle. Hashtag donate on, actually today we can't because we're only on, uh, we're only on YouTube right now. But even if you'd like to give by cryptocurrency, you can do that as well. It's set up on our site. Go check it out at miracleword.com. But I want to encourage you to sow a seed into souls today. You're sowing into the souls of this world, lost and dying. Broke my heart to see what's going on over in Afghanistan it's insane. You know what blesses me? I put this on my Instagram uh, story. You can go look at it later today if you want to. But the thing that blessed me is I saw this post that says, um, uh, whether you guys know it or not, Glenn Beck uh, actually sent uh, planes over to get Americans or even Christians from Afghanistan and get them out. And um, Brother Copeland gave $15 million to Glenn Beck to facilitate this mission and loaned his jet to Glenn Beck. And so far, 5,100 Christians have been saved from Afghanistan under the Taliban control. So you think about that. People mock people like Kenneth Copeland, mock him for preaching prosperity, mock him for owning jets. By the way, here's a man who has given over 40 jets away, over 40 planes, I should say, to different ministries and and missionaries, given 40 away for free. And he sent his plane over, pilot, 5,100 souls saved right now, $15 million. We say, well, why does a preacher need a plane? Well, here's a reason. Why does a preacher need millions of dollars? Here's a reason. God's doing it through his people. And that's what I'm talking about. Pillars of generosity. We're going to see this world shaken before Jesus comes back. And so I want to encourage you. God's, I'm sure God's speaking to you. Do what he's asking you to do. Do what he's asking you to do. And watch how God will bless you. For everybody that's sowing in the month of September, we've got a new month. And we want to give you, I'm glad I just mentioned Brother Copeland, we want to send this to you as a gift, the laws of prosperity by Kenneth Copeland, the laws of prosperity. If you're partnering with us, standing with us at $85 or more this month, and you'd like to receive the laws of prosperity by Kenneth Copeland, then go to miracleword.com forward slash offer. Fill it out. We know where to send this to. This is a powerful book. Um, if, if there's anybody that knows about walking in prosperity, 
It's Brother Kenneth and Sister Gloria Copeland. And uh, both of them have written powerful books on the subject. It's our gift to you for the month of September. And of course, as we always do, if you're sowing $1,000 or more, we're going to send you that Life Application Study Bible that uh, I showed you earlier in the broadcast. Genuine leather, beautiful Bible to use for study. And of course, if you're sowing $5,000 or more, it's going to be uh, what we call the Elite Study Collection. It's five of the very best study tools that you can find as a believer, over 100,000 notes on scripture. It will help you. And this is our gift to those, just to say thank you for those that are standing with us and sowing largely. Uh, So we wanna say a big thank you. Don't forget again, today, two o'clock p.m., uh, we have Carolyn is gonna be back on the broadcast for the Wednesday, 2 p.m. broadcast. Uh, And then Friday again for Friday Favorites. And then coming up, September the 18th, It's gonna be the Crossroads Women's Conference. Uh, It's an all day event, Saturday the 18th. Uh, You can register at crossroadsconnects.com forward slash women. Go to it. If you're anywhere close to Boston Mass, get there. It's gonna be phenomenal. And uh, you're not gonna wanna miss that. I love you guys. Don't forget to go check out the new kids stuff that's out today on worship. Dropped on our app, dropped on the YouTube channel and their website, miraclewordkids.com. Love you so much. As we go, check out this recap of our recent revival in Washington, Pennsylvania. I'll see you again in the morning. Carolyn, I'll see you at two o'clock. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.